when I hear people talk about investing in some of the challenges that they face, usually there's like the four big ones, especially with the stock market that we're going to break through down today, just to give you guys an idea of what they are, how they work, and how you can kind of avoid kind of falling victim to these challenges, getting them kind of the handle on your investing and kind of set yourself up for success from the get-go. My name is Andrew Ferguson, and I run this podcast, The Buy Back Your Life Show, and we are getting close to episode 70, which is crazy because we're almost at 100 episodes through this year, which is a kind of personal goal for myself. I just keep keep spreading the message, keep spreading the good word, and hopefully helping you guys with your investing decisions as well, investing in stocks or real estate, uh, cryptocurrencies, in yourself to grow personally, personal development, all that stuff is good. And I hope you guys are taking some steps to get there and creating a better life for yourself or one with more purpose and one that you want to be a part of every single day it gets you kind of fired up in the morning to go and do and live. So today we're talking about the challenge of investing. But just before we do that, if you want to start with a very beginner-friendly, easy-to-use, easy-to-follow, step-by-step guide on how to start in the stock market, how to pick good companies that actually go up in value when you invest in them, check out the secret uh, kind of stock guide that I have for you at www.tradingoptionsdaily.com secret. And there you're going to be able to open up a new kind of little portfolio for yourself, learn how to pick good companies, how to find good companies that actually act like an asset over time and not fall victim to some of these things we're going to talk about today, which are the challenges of investing and what kind of people get tripped up on at the start. So check that out. And let's get into today's episode talking about these four big things. So the first one being the challenges of investing, there is just a crazy, crazy amount of volume. So we're talking like total kind of resources out there and speed of information coming at you as an investor. And the problem with this is that it's hard to kind of narrow down your vision and focus on what you need to focus on. For example, when a racehorse is in the kind of the pen at the beginning of a race, right? They're all lined up together. They're all waiting to go. They all know what they have to do. They understand they're going to run. But if they don't have their blinders over their eyes, they're not going to run in a straight line where they need to go. They're going to start looking around and getting distracted by different things, which could take them off course. And that's why they have the blinders on. That's why they have kind of the jockey kind of running their things. So think of your horse. Think of, think of a racehorse as your, kind of your investment account or your investment portfolio. You need to put the blinders on it and focus it very solely on what you want to achieve, which is winning the race, right? So if you can do that and you can kind of build your own kind of very sophisticated blinders, you as the jockey then riding the horse are able to control where the horse goes, how fast it can go, and how quickly it gets to that end point, which is winning the race or crossing that finish line. So that's that's kind of the analogy for you. And if you don't have the ability to put those blinders on, you may fall, fall victim to just having so much news coming at you that you don't understand what this all means. You, you get analysis paralysis because you don't have a, an ability to filter out what makes sense, what doesn't, and you just you find yourself questioning everything because of all of the information coming at you. Also, if you're not able to kind of spend the time and like do this at a kind of consistent basis, I'm not saying you have to be online every single minute of every single day. In fact, like my whole kind of philosophy is that I want to invest and also kind of have time to live my life the way I want to, which is why I try to trade options uh, through my phone 30 minutes a day. That's all I want to spend on this stuff. And if you can kind of figure that out for yourself and figure out what fits into your day, then you can dedicate time every day to kind of seed through and like kind of dissect that information a little bit more. And that'll kind of give you a better kind of idea of what you want to do and where you want to look for your investing. So that's the first thing people get stuck on. So if you want to kind of knock down the volume and knock down the speed, it comes into part number two. You have to find really good resources and finding the right references to be able to kind of filter that information. And 
the reason for this is that there's a lot of investors out there and there's even a lot of like professional level, I'm going to do air quotes there as I'm recording this, but professionals out there that give investment advice and you should never take it at face value, myself included. Okay. You always have to do your own research because somebody tells you something is a good idea or this kind of concept makes sense, or this is how it works. You need to kind of fact check and just break it down and just confirm what they're saying actually has some validity or is valid. And one way you can do that is finding really good sources of information and understanding that even those really good sources of information might have a bias, which is going to get that kind of swept up in, in uh, challenge number four. But if you can find these kind of resources and news outlets, it can help you kind of put those blinders on and kind of cut through the, the volume and speed of the information. And one way that I like to do that is by looking at a site called CNBC. I find I invest more mainly in U.S. companies, so it tracks a lot of the U.S. companies I invest in. I invest in very large blue chip, as they're called, U.S. companies. So I actually have a watch list on CNBC, and this watch list is just a list of the companies that I'm interested in. And I just I put them on this list, and then I can actually filter the news from CNBC to just only focus on things that impact those businesses. So it could be specific kind of earning announcements for those businesses, like let's say Microsoft had earnings. I would get the news kind of pop up on my phone or if I have, I don't have pop-ups on, but if I go into the app, it'll start kind of filtering the news for me from Microsoft, from earnings, or maybe it's from Apple, from their new CEO has announcement or something like that. So all the stuff that I need to see and have to like be aware of for each company that I'm investing in is going to be there first and foremost. I'm not going to get all kind of the overall market crap where you don't need to know like what Kramer's pick is, or he's just an investor on CNBC or like what the bank of Taiwan is doing or what like the other, all other stuff that's on there. There's lots of kind of different things that impact the market in different ways, but as kind of a basic level investor, you don't need to understand that stuff. I don't need to pay too much attention to it. You have to have a basic understanding of where the market's going. You have to make kind of your own cost uh, case basis and understand where it's headed, but you don't need to dissect every piece of news and every single kind of point of data. And, and it, it doesn't really have to be that complicated as a beginner if you want to become a day trader or kind of a, a full-time trader, then it gets a little bit more challenging. You really have to dial in. But for the average person, like 95% of people that are investing in the stock market, you can get by very well on just kind of limiting that information and kind of just filtering it and buy the companies that you're actually thinking about investing in. So that helps you kind of build those blinders for yourself or for your horse, and you can get on and start riding. But the other thing you have to worry about is finding <clears throat> out the, re the reactionary market. Okay, and what I mean by the reactionary market, you have to filter that out, is that when something breaks in the news, often the kind of the big hedge firms and Wall Street traders out there, they're gonna hit it, they're gonna get, they're gonna get access to it first. They're gonna know about it first. And it might not be more than 10 minutes before you you see it on the actual news site, wherever you get your information from. Well, I'm saying this, I, I also use Yahoo Finance for a lot of the financial and uh, kind of background data on the companies that I'm actually investing in, just to kind of background check them vet who their people are, what they're doing, their profit numbers, that kind of thing. So the, the two big ones for me are CNBC and yahoofinance.com. I'll put those both links in the show notes below. Uh, so what you have to do is, is remember that these, these companies that are trading billions and billions of dollars, that's all they do. We, like yourself, myself, we're not set up to beat them. We can't. It just, it's, it's economies of scale. We cannot beat them. We can... We don't want to compete with them. Really, we want to do our own thing and kind of steer clear of uh, the shark-infested water and find our own little kind of swimming pool to kind of go fishing and, and and get some money out of. But they get the information first. They make their moves. Then the information breaks to us. We make our moves based on the moves that they made. 
and we think that we're getting real-time data, but we're not. It's slightly delayed because they get it first. They have the uh, option to kind of pay and invest in services that get them the news in real time. We get the delayed reaction. And like I said, it might be only be, it could only be like a couple minutes below, behind, but it, it, it's going to be a little bit late and the market's already going to have moved. And a lot of times when the market's already moved and people kind of think, oh my God, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss out. I'm going to lose this out. I'm going to lose out on this. I'm going to lose out on that. I'm going to lose out on money. They get kind of this FOMO missing out of the movement. And that's when they kind of enter trades at the wrong times because the emotion takes over and they're not thinking rationally. That's really easy to do. I've been, I've done it myself too. Like on days where I used to kind of try to day trade a little bit and I would just be like, Oh, this is moving this way because of this. And I would say, okay, well I didn't get in right away, but I think it's going to keep going. And I just try to catch, catch the trend. And it never works out the way you want it to because you're, you're fighting a battle with kind of delayed information. So it's much easier to kind of take a long-term passive approach and understand that this has kind of already been acted upon by the market. So where is it going to go next is kind of how you have to think about it. And if you expand your timelines again and you think I'm going to invest now and I'm going to kind of ride this horse for 30 years, kind of the, the swings day to day don't matter as much. The swings week to week don't matter as much. Even the year to year kind of moves don't matter as much over a 30 year period as they do if you're trading for a couple months. You know what I mean? So if you can kind of get that horse ready, get it in the stable, build those blinders for it. Right, give it, have a good coach, feeding it good information, feeding the horse good, good, uh, good food. Let's say, let's say the information you're going to get and actually filter down is going to be the food or the hay that the horse eats. Put a good information in and then understand that when you start the race and you start investing, maybe the jockeys beside you already know like kind of where they need to go and they're already making their move and you have to kind of react to that after they've made their move. So you're always kind of playing, playing second fiddle and playing kind of catch up in the terms of information that you're using. And if you can understand that, <clears throat> And just have a, a, a thought about what could happen next instead of what's happening now. It can be very advantageous and you can kind of pick better kind of position trades for your investments when you decide to do that. And the fourth thing that is a big challenge for investing is that you might have this horse and you might be feeding it good information. You might be building the best blinders, keep it on track and keeping it very simple and just reacting the right way after things have already happened. And there still might be an unconscious or not unconscious. It's a, it's a bias. Let's go call it a bias because a place like CNBC and Yahoo Finance and spokespersons for different companies, they're all in the world of advertising and they want to affect a certain outcome. And whether that's money flowing into a stock or if that's money flowing into a product, which then boosts the stock price or try to take down a competitor, which takes down their stock price and kind of bumps theirs up, maybe Coke Pepsi type of thing. There's always a baseline of bias in any kind of media that you read, any kind of article, any kind of report, any, anything out there, there's always bias in there. And that's the role of advertising. So we have to try to cut through that and understand that the media doesn't always tell you what they what you need to know and what you, what you should know, what you should focus on, because they're out to sell headlines. Like if you're on a website, they're trying to get traffic to their website. They're trying to generate stories that are interesting and also deliver content that's valuable. So it's not a super like aligned kind of thing. Like if they were just giving the best information possible to investors, it'd be super boring stuff that no one else would want to read, but they have to craft these big headlines about things that are going on and give their uh, ideas and kind of come up with these uh, analysts who have kind of personalities to sell to the public so they actually have people coming and reading their stuff and thinking it's a valuable thing. When in fact, a lot of it, you can cut through the bullshit and just kind of get the, the real data that you need to see, which is a lot of times it's earnings numbers it's revenue numbers. Is it? It's is the company making money? 
Is the company making more money than it did last year? Is the leadership team in place good quality people with records of success with other companies and other jobs? Those are kind of the big things you have to look at. Like what is kind of the company's advantage? Do they have different ways of making money? If you can kind of filter those things out and understand that the bias exists in the media, you can kind of just give yourself a better playing field of information to kind of go through and just think, okay, this article is written for this reason because this kind of company wants to have earnings coming up and then they're having this article to kind of promote that company. So people are going to kind of jump into that company pre-earnings. And then after earnings, maybe kind of people who got in and rode the wave up are going to sell, take profit. It gets kind of build that whole narrative in your mind as you get into your investing account. So those are kind of the big four things that I see people kind of challenging with at the beginning, especially newer investors getting started. But again, if you want a very easy way to solve this problem or solve one of the problems, which kind of encompass all four, and it is that you can figure out ways very easy to pick good companies that act like an asset long-term. And to do that, I have a simple walkthrough that gives you kind of a step-by-step with a video of me helping you kind of along the process. All you have to do is go to www.tradingoptionsdaily.com slash secret, open up your own kind of little portfolio. It'll give you literally a step-by-step, I think it's seven steps to pick really good, solid companies that act like an asset over time that actually go up in value or have a greater percentage chance of going up in value by focusing on a few things like earnings, like revenue, and understanding that companies make money in different ways. So if you want to learn how to do that and understand how you can kind of separate yourself from the average everyday investor getting started now and kind of check off those list of those challenges of investing, go check that out again, tradingoptiondaily.com slash secrets, learn some stuff there, get started there. If you have any questions, I'm an email, I'm a message on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, anything a message away. Love to help you guys out. Hope you got some value to this episode here on the Buy Back Your Life show. Keep working, keep investing in yourselves, and I will catch you guys on the next one.